0: I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Today's episode is brought to you by The Human Condition, a podcast dedicated to all things, you guessed it, human. 23-year-old podcast host Effie ex- explores the human condition in all of its entirety, covering the heavy stuff like PTSD, adverse childhood experiences, and mental illness, and the whimsical stuff like love and hope. The human condition even questions our humanity, pondering what humans are, what the human condition is, and why it matters, if it even does at all. The human condition poses the concept that maybe you have very little in common with your neighbor that always parks in your driveway or your materialistic family or your troubled teen daughter, but the beauty of that is that you are still human. They are still human, and even if that is the only thing that connects you, you are still fundamentally the same. This podcast is beautifully produced, honest, and connective. I especially love the episode titled Post Traumatically Stressed. You can check out the human condition in today's show notes or search for it anywhere you listen to podcasts online. In today's episode, we are talking with Krista Neuter. She is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram, the curvy Krista. Also, she is an amazing blogger and podcast host. She hosts the podcast Figuring Out Life. Krista is one of my favorite people to follow on the internet, and she's also an Enneagram type three. Let's meet Krista. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the
1: show. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so for people at home who are unfamiliar, I want them to hear in your words um, who you are, what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name is Krista. I am a finance analyst, day but that does not define who I am at all (laughs) I um, actually am a writer and a communicator and I just really love using whatever platform that I have to just spread a lot of joy and truth and perspective um so that's who I am I'm just a creative (laughs) trying to um make some kind of impact on this world
0: I love that answer um I think, like, it's a weird question to be like, what do you do? Because there's just so much right. more to that.
1: hmm I feel like there's so many layers to it. And depending on who's asking, I change the answer.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, in the corporate field, it's like I can list off that. But, you know, in the creative space especially, it's like, it's probably the area I'm most passionate about. But I always struggle to find out how to exactly pinpoint that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: relatable. Krista, what is your Rosebud and Thorn? Rosebud, Um, honestly, we were just talking about this. I'm really looking forward to a new year. I know that uh, not a lot has changed in 2021 already, but really just trying to find the little things to celebrate and just even changing my mindset. If I'm the only thing that changes this year, that that will be a win. And so I'm really just trying to um, look forward to that. And thorn, um, you know, I just feel like along with all the joys um, that I just mentioned, I just feel like there's a lot of grief (laughs) that I'm Mm -hmm. carrying too. And that's a thorn of whether it's COVID or, you know, what's, what's happened in DC or just, the events of 2020, I think my thorn is really just trying to figure out what to do with all of that and, um, and how to carry it well and, or just carry it at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, gosh, like holding both like that complexity for, there are really sad, bad things happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I want to look for the the moments of joy that I can find in my day-to-day life. Like it it's almost sometimes feels like you can't have both of those things at the same time. Like you can't honor one while doing the other, even though it's kind of integral. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely. I, it, I, I feel like there's, yeah, there's just a duality to it. Right. Because we're really complex beings. And so Like, we can feel grief really heavily and then still have those moments of joy. But then, like you said, it kind of feels like we're dishonoring one over the other. Um, When we have those feelings, at least that's how I've personally felt of, you know, I'm a pretty joyful, like, happy person all the time. Um, But but I'm also carrying this grief and am I dishonoring it by leaning into the joy in those moments or vice versa? Um I I think it's, it's a struggle. And I think it's something that a lot of us are navigating now more um, after the year that we just had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you touched on it. Like you nailed that. I mean, I think it is like this dance of playing with like the energy of like, how do I experience both of these at the same time? And I think it's almost like with the year that we've had a necessity to be able to dance with both. I think in in the past, maybe we could like have a season of like deeply grieving. And I think sometimes when, on a personal level, you know, like when you go through grief, you have to, but also grief never goes away at certain point, like you kind of, it becomes part of you.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And I think, like, we, at least I'll speak for myself, like, pre-2020, I, like, was really good at compartmentalizing my life. Um, So it's like, you know, I have the the 9 to 5, and then after that, I have the things I do after work, and, like, I can, like, like, separate my feelings (laughs) And, you know, because it's clearly scheduled out in my day that way, actually. But now with, you know, all of my life being lived in one place, um, everything's kind of blurring together and, you know, just being able to navigate the feelings that I have for all of them, they're blending together too. I'm like, and there's some benefits to that, right? Like, I feel like in my workplace, I can be more vocal about the grief that I'm carrying or the things that are happening in the outside world that I'll typically deal with, you know, after hours or whatever. And so I think there's there's a healthiness to that. But it is a dance that you have to learn. And um, as with a, a dance in real life, right, we have to learn it step by step. And we, we mess up sometimes, but then we get back up. And at the end of the day, there's a beauty to it. Um, once you Um, Once you get a hang of it, and so I'm looking forward to finding the beauty and in it, and you know, getting the rhythm of it um, pretty soon, hopefully.
0: Yeah, Um, you mentioned compartmentalizing, which I think is a really good segue into me asking you what your enneagram type
1: is. (laughs) That was naturally a good question. (laughs) Um, I am, I identify as an enneagram type three with a. two wing.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you um, discover the Enneagram and like what was your journey to identifying your type like?
1: Oh my goodness so my Enneagram journey started um, I want to say three to four years ago um, uh, there was a conference with Susan Stabile and um, she was doing like an Enneagram conference and I was like okay I mean I'm always interested in learning more about myself and um I went and honestly once I heard the three description and then went and read about it more I was like I have never felt more seen and honestly over the past three to four years I've really just been on this journey of like going deeper and deeper into, uh, what that means and what that's actually meant for me in the past. Um, a lot of it's honestly been looking back at my life and seeing like why things were the way they are were, um, and using that to equip me to, to become a better me now. So it's been a couple three to four year journey for me now. Um, I will say your page has helped tremendously with that journey as well. Um, I think you're one of the first pages I followed. So shout out to you.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's so fun. Um, I will, you know, I, I adore Suzanne and I think her work is incredible. And I can imagine like being at her conference, self-typing wouldn't be so hard. You know, I think it can be difficult to do on your own, but it sounds like you kinda knew pretty quickly, like I'm a three. What stood out to you? Like what were the things that you were like, this hits maybe a little too hard?
1: Hmm. Um you know, she I remember hearing about just how threes tend to they they really do care about their image and and for me that was that was true. Um, but also just like She's an example of if you're in a group, if you have a lot of you have a lot of different groups of friends, is what she said. Like there's just a lot of different friends, and you kind of show up differently in each friend group. Not that you're not being authentic, but you can show up differently. And one of your worst fears is them all coming together in one room. <laughs> and um, oh, I hundred percent agreed with that. And so that was definitely one thing that stood out to me um but also just that ach- achiever mindset of you know uh always wanting to be the best at something <laughs> and um really just even going above and beyond and really um making that almost a part of your identity mm-hmm. and uh that has been me since Goodness, like since I can remember, I have always been that person. Um, which can get you really far in life in a lot of areas, but also can be really detrimental to um what you know to be true about you, or if you even know who that is, because you've identified so much um by what what it is that you do as opposed to who it is that you really are. And I think that was kind of like that aha moment for me of oh my gosh <laughs> like who is that what does she actually want um like outside of all the noise of what society and community says that you should be and you should be doing
0: yeah I had a type three say to me one time like when they went through their Enneagram journey they were like I don't even know what I like to eat because I've been so focused yeah. on like what was the right thing to eat
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's i can relate <laughs> i can 100% relate to that and for me i think it's shown up more in like what do i want to do with my life mm-hmm. um who who do i want to be because you know leaning into that achiever like i'm like okay i want to be like famous <laughs> you know i want to like be in shining like and I don't think I actually want that. Um, I think I'm really okay being my grounded self that's like, you know, continually working on myself and making a difference day by day in that way. But um, that was a reality check for me because you, I like scheduled my life around that, you know? And so it's just been a a constant like re... Redirection for me, like I just like take one step and then I have to pause and be like, "Wait, Krista, is this what you really want?" No, okay, let's pivot. And so I've done a lot of pivoting over the past few years to really find out who Krista is and what is it. What is it that she really wants to do that will be the most life giving? Mm-hmm.
0: For the threes who are listening, who are like, um, I relate. I don't know what I want. I. Don't know, kind of like who I am outside of the things that I do. Um, are there things that have helped you along the way to kind of get in touch with your deeper self?
1: Yeah, um, I would say one is therapy. Yeah, I be a good proponent of therapy, um, and one reason why, especially for threes, would be you know if if you're so used to living life according to what other people say and like you really focus the other emphasize the other then talking to a therapist really points it back to you right like they they will make you sit with yourself um and they pull things out of you that maybe you had trouble pulling out for yourself so I would really recommend therapy it's been um super helpful for me um and, um, just even setting aside like even an hour a day to um to just kind of have quiet time to journal or to not have anything on my schedule, which is like a miracle. I'm always so proud of myself when I do it um and I think that's really helpful too, because uh for me, part of part of that not knowing what I wanted to do with my life was because I also didn't give myself that time. I fill it up with schedule and just be that busybody person. Like a lot of achievers tend to be, um, and not actually sitting with yourself. So, um, I would suggest at least starting with those two things. Um, and, um, and as the more and more you lean into that, uh, my hope, you fellow three would be that you find what actually brings you joy and then you center your life around that um we tend to schedule so much but what would happen if we actually scheduled a life around joy and the things that actually proved to be the most beneficial for us and the people that we loved most um Mm -hmm. i think something so beautiful could come out of that if we really just dared there to go that far.
0: Yeah, I think that's really worth a repeat. Like what would happen for threes? Like if you scheduled your life around joy, like mm. that's big, that's a really important statement.
1: Absolutely.
0: What, um, you know, when you think about creating this quiet time for yourself, I think something I, I know about my threes is, um, that there's almost it's hard to kind of build habits that aren't going to get congratulated, right? Like there's no one watching. No one's like, you did it. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you motivate yourself when no one else is watching you? Eesh.
1: Oh man. I feel like you're reading me. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I, I still bring in accountability, um, even with my quiet time. So, um, I usually tell like one of my best girlfriends or, you know, my partner of just like, Hey, this is what I plan on doing. And uh, please remind me. (laughs) And honestly, that is really helpful for me as I'm trying to wean off, you know, the need to be congratulated for every little thing, at least the people that are closest to me. um, I try to tell them about my journey and bring them into my journey Um, and so, um, when they remember, um, and they just like, Hey, you said you're going to do this thing. How's it going? Are you doing it? Um, then I can actually have something to report back to them on. And that feels like a success for me. Right. And sometimes you get the occasional like, Oh, wow, I'm so proud. And then it feels even better. (laughs) But I think the accountability piece, um, has been really key for me um so I I think that looks different for a lot of people where if you don't have those people that you feel like can really hold you accountable then um you know there are like communities online or you know um kind of giving my even just giving yourself a goal that you can check off right like a planner or something where you say this is what I want to do every day and like if it's not checked off then that doesn't feel great right so like um, I think there are like small ways that we can implement that into our lives and still get that little um, affirmation
0: yeah I think about you know the things about our type that can really serve us sometimes you know like we there's a reason we've like adapted this tactic to get our needs met and I think for three some of that is you know if you have a list to do, you're going to feel inclined to check the items off that list. Like it's almost like in you already.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree that it's been, I mean, I am never without a post-it note or my notes app open on my phone because I'm always creating a list. And I think that again like you said it it serves us for a purpose right and it's the way that that we operate so we might as well use it for our good and help it to reach goals that will actually help um help us to be the better version of ourselves
0: yeah and you you've kind of touched on a little bit of how you know that type 3 structure serves you in areas of your life like i hear you know you're like i can kind of put my feelings aside to get the task done when needed and um you know, I'm, you're goal oriented and you kind of have that natural drive. Um, and I think those are amazing things to honor and be like, yes, thank you for this. Thank you for being here. And then sometimes they over-function, right? Like right. they go past the point of being helpful. Um, what are some ways in which being a type three is like not been helpful that <laughs> you're kind of trying to like unlearn? We talked a little bit about identity, but anything else that you, you'd like to share?
1: Yeah. um, So I definitely saw it not being helpful during this pandemic that we're in. Honestly, I I think I had a lot more free time on my hands, um, but yet somehow I still end up filling up all of that time, Um, which is wild. Like there's literally nowhere to go. And I still (laughs) am like, you know, um, in meetings, virtual, you know, whatever it is. And um, I and they're all good things, you know, it's like I think that's something to really like clarify is like it doesn't mean that you're just doing things to do things like you're doing things that you actually find meaning in. But that doesn't mean that you need to be doing them now or mm-hmm. it also just doesn't mean that you you can't have boundaries. And I think, um, for me, a side effect of just doing too much, even when there was seemingly nothing to do, was burnout. Of, mm-hmm. um, just having emotionally nothing to give at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Just feeling really empty. And so... And especially you know there's already a lot to process in terms of changes and stuff that are happening in our society and and to you know me personally as well and so I didn't give myself space for that, so I've definitely seen that um you know there's a blessing and a curse, right, and I've seen the the not so good side of that um but I think you know drawing up boundaries for myself, um, and carving out time and routine, getting myself back in routine was like essential to helping me and I'm still figuring it out, but it has been essential in helping me kind of get back to that, that space of health, uh, because I'm no longer over-functioning. I like know what it is that I have to do and anything that falls outside of that can get pushed to later. Or maybe just doesn't even need to happen at all. And like being able to make those decisions um, for yourself is honestly, I want to say a matter of life and death, but that seems extreme. <laughs> but like it's yeah. really a matter of like, you know, health and unhealth, right? And finding that um, that balance.
0: Yeah. You talked a little bit about boundary setting. Can I ask you kind of like where do you find that boundaries kind of need to be set in your life more often than not? Like what are kind of the areas that you, you're more inclined to let slip on your boundaries?
1: Um, I'm a really others focused person. So if it has to do with other people that I care about, I typically let those things encroach on my boundaries. And so that's where I need to kind of double down on. So, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, as much as I like love my partner, like maybe we just need to like have a night off <laughs> and, you know, me just having my alone time, like that's a boundary. That's a realistic one mm-hmm. to communicate. Right. Um, um, even with work, right. Like setting that boundary of like my lunchtime is going to be my lunchtime and I'm going to be done at five. um, and if I'm not done at five, then maybe I can try to like make up for that somewhere else, but like a lot of time boundaries have been the um really big but also emotional boundaries um I've found um that you know, especially with so a lot of social justice um You know, activities happening over the summer uh, and just, you know, wanting to be a part of change in whatever way that I can be, but um, dealing, but also having to carry the trauma of it for myself, but to try to help and serve communities while also holding the trauma is exhausting. And, you know... Being the overachiever that I am, you know, I did it. and I literally, in my workspace, like, oh, there's a social justice in initiative. Cool, I'm gonna do three of them because it's important. Mm-hmm. And, and like, ooh, this is happening at this like church. Cool, I'm gonna run it. <laughs> like, and and then doing whatever like through writing as well, since that's my main form of expression, right? On my own, on my own page, and that was freaking exhausting. Like, and I, again, all, they're not bad things. There's just too, there are just too many things happening at once and not giving space to care for my own soul. And so um, I've had to set boundaries in that area too. So this is a long winded way to say that I've kind of had to set, set boundaries in every area. And I've actually, you know, even incorporated something that I uh, call a role of life where I have different categories of my life. So, um, whether it's like, um, physical, like, um, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, um, work and money. Like I have those categories in a spreadsheet because I'm that person. And, and (laughs) and I, um, put down everything that I've committed to in each area. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's too much and not reasonable, I like, you know, color code it or whatever and say like, we're going to have to revisit that. We're going to have to change that. And if I'm not doing enough of it, then I, I, I just, it's something that I revisit every month at this point, because I want to make sure that, you know, boundaries are being honored and I'm allowing myself to be nurtured as well. And For me, I need some kind of structure in order to make sure that I'm doing it. And that rule of life, that spreadsheet has really helped um, get me started in that journey.
0: I mean, that's an incredible practice. I think even just like you're taking kind of a feeling and you're looking at the data around, okay, I, you know, and I think when you're a high achiever, Mm -hmm. there's probably this pressure to to be able to handle the pressure, you know, like mm-hmm. oh, I should be able to do all of this. But then when you look at the data, that's where you're like, this math isn't adding up. Like right. this is too, this is too much stuff. Like, and you can thinking about adding in, like you talked about, like the trauma of everything going on and the grief of the year. That's a thing on the the list, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's taking up space, even if it's not taking up action from you. And then you were adding action on top of that. It's like a whole other beast.
1: Correct. No, you're absolutely right on that. And I mean, you know, if there's one thing I've learned, it's it's better to be proactive than reactive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, creating some kind of mechanism, like the rule of life helps to be proactive. Otherwise, the flip side of that is something like burnout or something really bad happening, um, like at work or whatever, because you weren't taking control of the situation. And I've, I've had that happen where like, I didn't realize I was like too stretched until it was way too, le- too late and the rubber band had already snapped, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd rather not do that anymore. And so I'm just trying to take that proactive ap- approach to the best of my ability, we obviously can't control everything that happens in our world, but for what I can control, um, taking ownership of that and, and 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 trying to let let everything flow.
0: What can I ask you like when you get to kind of that outer edge of burnout and you're kind of like "Mm, it's probably coming soon I could do some repairing here um do you have an idea of what that outer edge kind of looks like for you your wake-up call moments? I am trying
1: to find figure that out Um, Mm -hmm. um it's still very much a journey for me um you know, yeah, it's still very much a journey for me. I think I'm so comfortable with over-functioning that sometimes I don't realize that it's happening. Um, but let's see. If if there is one thing that I would say, um, just based on, off of previous experience, it would be... Um, that when I'm being stretched too far and I'm at that outer limit and, and things are starting to go wrong I tend to blame and mm-hmm. um, that's something ah. that I noticed because in my head I'm like surely <laughs> surely it can't be me like it's 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 someone else's fault and I start to to put the blame on other people and I think I think that is one of the signals for me that something, something's wrong and I need to reevaluate because that means that I'm shifting ownership and I'm not willing to deal with what's actually happening right in front
0: of me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. I also kind of love that it took you some time to think on that one because um, there's, you know, you're specifically, you're in the, you're particularly like in this category of like three wing two, you're kind of doubling up on types that are a little inclined to over function. Mm-hmm. Two is on the sake of other people, three is for the sake of their achievements. And so it it makes sense that like, yeah, this is something I'm working on. Like, yeah, this is my journey. It might be a
1: long one, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's and I and I think it's relatable to feel like, oh yeah, the first that moment of like looking around for other people to I think you know we think oh, I'm looking for someone to blame. And I think that's how it presents. But do you think that part of that is like, we're kind of looking for help, you know? But it's Mm -hmm. like in this, um, it's not in like the most calm way.
1: (laughs) Right. But it's kind of like someone
0: come in.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's a really good way to think about it because yeah and in some sense you're like the thing that you are trying to shift blame on is actually the thing that you're saying maybe i don't have the capacity to do like Mm -hmm. please help me on this or please step up for this and um yeah i hadn't actually thought about it that way but i i do like that way of thinking because it could be really telling right it could be really telling about our our limits and our capacity um hold certain things and if we're we're shifting it to someone else then maybe it really does need to go to someone
0: else Mm -hmm. yeah i yeah and i like that language that you you said if we're wanting to shift it to someone else maybe it does need to just go to someone else um maybe it's not maybe it's their chance to kind of overfunction, or you know not that we need to apply to them what we apply to ourselves but more so like we can communicate from a place of, oh, you already messed up instead to say like, oh, hey, I expected this of me. I could use some support here actually.
1: Correct. Oh, I like that. I like the way you phrased that because I think that's really true. It's like I had these, it's a lot of it's about expectations. So like I expected myself to be able to reach this, this level. I can't. And side note, that's okay which is me saying that to myself right i'm not super human um i am human and i have limitations so this is element for me right now can you step in and help in this area and even is this area even a priority um mm-hmm. <laughs> which is big because we you know like doing all these things do these things really matter right now not to say they don't matter at all but do they matter right now um is a question to ask ourselves right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I love that you said that earlier too and Mm I I wanted to highlight it because I think that that's something that shoulds are so easily adapted you know all of these things of like I should be doing this and and I think three specifically you guys have really high expectations of yourselves and you have like this you 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 know, I did a corporate training one time with a group of threes and I talked about, I'm not a group of threes. I did a a corporate training one time and I was talking about the company values, you know, saying like some of you guys are going to be more inclined to thrive in certain value areas. Um, and so we kind of went through each of the company values and had everybody kind of raise their hand, um, around which one they felt the most connected to and we, we typed it out or whatever, but I love that to say afterward. Um, a a girl who identified with type three came to me and she was like, shouldn't we be able to do all of them though? Like, isn't that the, the goal is like, if I'm here, if I'm in this company, I should be able to do all of them. And, and I think that that's like the structure, right. It's saying like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I should be able to do all of this though.
1: Right. Right. Um, and, and you feel like you have to, but I, I think we forget so easily that we like each person has their own strength and their own gifting and not to say that you can't grow in a certain area you absolutely can and you in um and there's just a lot of room for that but also to know that like okay maybe the value that I'm strongest in is like community and then maybe the one that I want to work on next is uh integrity whatever the values of the corporation are right but you know and you're you're working on those which is great but to do all of them at once um and to be like a hundred percent at all of them isn't a realistic standard um because we're always going to have some something that we can be better at right like at least this is me trying to <laughs> coach myself and say that that's true but um i i i i think that there is always something that that we can be better at and you know just because we don't have like an a plus score in something um doesn't mean that we're not passing and doesn't mean that um we're we're okay you know that we're not okay
0: yeah and i think like what you said earlier like maybe this just isn't the thing to focus on right now like mm-hmm. um, especially kind of talking through like trauma, grief, like all of that kind of happening at the same time, when, you know, how do we, it's important that we can like distinguish, maybe right now, like the feelings need to take priority and the action can, you know, happen more moderated. Um, Not necessarily, you know, and I think everybody's journey with that is going to be different and everyone's level of that will be different, but, navigating your individual experience with that is so important. And and like you said, prioritizing.
1: Absolutely. I am in 100% agreement with you on that. Um,
0: well, do you? Are you ready for rapid fire questions?
1: <laughs> Let's do it.
0: I, this interview has been so fun that I feel like we just started talking. I know. <laughs> I'm like, already time for rapid fire. It feels crazy. Um, okay, I'm gonna first thing that comes to your mind. No wrong answer. Okay. All right. The first book that comes to mind.
1: Ooh, um, ooh, let's see. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry.
0: Okay. (laughs) Favorite song. One of your favorite songs. Oh,
1: gosh. I love music. Um, I'm going to say, ooh, it's a Johnny Swim song. Hallelujah! I think that's how it goes.
0: You're my Hallelujah.
1: Uh, I don't
0: know no music. I am the worst. In fact, this question is on here because I make I'm like add the song to my playlist after you say it. And oh, then I have it.
1: So you will to not you. regret adding this one to your I'll send you the real title later.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, something you wish people knew about you.
1: Um, fun fact: I used to be a competitive gymnast. That's always fun.
0: That is a fun
1: fact.
0: Yeah. What was your specialty? Vault. Ooh, cool.
1: Yes. Uh. That's
0: cooler than like balance beam, I think.
1: Oh yeah. I mm, balance beam. I was scared of height, so it didn't really work out that well for me.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. Um dream day. What are you doing?
1: Ooh, um for me it'd be like a weekend. Oh sorry, just a day. A day on the beach. Um with a book and writing and with like the closest people to me in that space as well. So like my family. Love
0: that. Final meal. What are you eating?
1: Um, probably something with sweet potatoes. <laughs> I really love sweet potatoes, sweet potato pie, um, sweet potato fries. I'm I'm here for all of it.
0: Okay, like a sweet potato feast, like we're talking like appetizer with sweet potato in it. Like the whole deal. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean I'd probably mix it up a little bit, but as long as that's a staple, I'll be happy. I love
0: that. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have just like something that you've been thinking about lately, like a food for thought?
1: Ooh, good question. Uh good question. Um Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I've been thinking through, um, you know, just identifying feelings more. Um, just you know, in that three space, and just being able to name my feelings, but also to release expectations of what I um, think that it should look like, based off of you know, like entertainment, the way that they like portray feelings like love right like it doesn't always look that way it could look very different and still be really good so my food for thought lately has been you know what um what expectations do I have that are based off of unreality (laughs) based off of something that's just completely not real and what is actually the real thing that I want and desire to incorporate into my life so that's what I, oh, um, yeah.
0: Oh, that's so good. Um, Krista, thank you so much for being here. Um, for people at home who are going to want to keep in touch, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, it's been a pleasure to be on here. Thank you for having me. And um, if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Krista. Um, Krista is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-A that's probably the best place to find me and um, I also have a blog but the link's in the bio so you can just find it there
0: and we'll link those in the show notes as well Um, it was such a joy to have you with us and um, I hope that you enjoy the rest of this fancy new year
1: thank you, you too we're hoping for the best